Toronto FC, a team with a new direction after an off-season makeover. It's an all-Canadian affair. Matt working against Morgan. Puts it across the mile. Yes! Marco DeVille! That's what we expected from him! To make those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime and I wanna spend some time with you just the two of us. And welcome to a very special edition of the Two Solitude Soccer Podcast. Kevin Laramie here, and Dwayne had the pleasure earlier today to talk to Kyle Lauren, prospect for the men's national team, player for the U20 men's national team for Canada, and uh, right now in the news in the upcoming Super Draft for Major League Soccer. So he had the chance to ask him all the questions wondering about Kyle Lauren's future. Dwayne talked to him, and we have as well the audio from the press conference of the coach of the U20 team, Rob Gale, the team that starts tomorrow their qualification run for the CONCACAF region for the World Cup in the U20 World Cup in New Zealand. So without further ado, here's Kyle Lauren. Uh, let's start with uh, what your goals are down there right now, both as a team and as a player. I mean, obviously your college season didn't go as well as you would have liked in terms of the team performance. So is this a chance for you to to sort of move past that and to, to, to focus on something uh, something team-oriented again? Um, I mean, I just want to come to the tournament, hopefully do my best and help my team out. And it's a, we have a really good team. I think we'll do well in this tournament and hopefully qualify. Uh, in terms of your role, do you do you expect to? to, to you know, you have uh, Jordan out there as well. You you're both kind of uh, yeah. you know up and coming guys that uh, yeah. they play a similar role. Though you're a little wider normally, I believe. Um, do you, have you had a talk about what your tactically what your role is going to be out there? Uh, I mean, my role is always to score, and I mean, whenever I go on or if I start, if I don't, whenever I go on, I'll be I'll just be trying to score. Uh, as many goals as I can, and that's what me and Jordan Rose are, and hopefully it happens that we score as many goals as we can. Have you played with him before? Do you anticipate you'll be on the pitch at the same time? Uh, I don't really know. Depends who we play. Depends what kind of game it is, if it's outside or if it's not. Um, it's going to be hard in this heat to last the whole game, so I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. Having had a little experience, as a couple of the guys have up with the senior team with uh, with Benito, um, the Columbia game that must have been a, a highlight for you personally to get out there and get some action against guys yeah. of that nature. Is that something you you look to as to, to be a leader to share to some of the younger guys, some of the same age as you, but some of the guys that don't have the same level of experience? Yeah, I mean uh, the Columbia game was really nice. Uh, just stepping out the first time, stepping out onto the field, walking out the tunnel was, was like a dream, and and uh, that's what I. And I always wanted to play in that environment. And when I play in that environment, I get excited and I just play better. And I mean, sharing it with the younger guys, I think it will help them and just boost their confidence and see what the just just uh, see what the um, what playing with the men's team is like. So, 
Well, when you did step out in the pitch, you created, you know, yeah. it was all due respect yeah. to the to the talent level of the, that you were playing against. You created one of the few chances yeah. Canada had that night. Uh, when you get out there, did you just sort of put it behind you and just concentrate on the fact that it's, you know, a round ball and you were doing the same thing you've done your whole life? Uh, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous when I went for it. I was excited, and I guess it just... I guess I just started to do what I do and just play naturally, and um, I almost had a chance. And I, I guess I, I rushed my shot, and if I didn't rush it, I would have. I think I would have scored. And it was just nice playing, being on the field at that time and playing against that quality of players. Turning to to next year real quick, uh, having that generation Adidas out of the way now, it was that a big relief for you to to finally get that settled? Yeah, it was um, just signing, and I was very happy that I signed. I'm going to play somewhere this season, and hopefully next season I'll do well wherever I play and have a good season and and play with those players on those teams and have a have a good season. Uh, I know you, you're going to say that you're going to go wherever they they draft you, but uh, are, are yeah. you hoping to to go top three? Are you you're looking at that as, as uh, something you'd like to see? Um, I hope to go one one to what to one of the new teams. Okay. Uh, two expansive teams, and I think it'll be a good environment for me, a good place for me to be with those players and the coaches. So, either get to play with Kaká or, or perhaps yeah, get some yeah. chances to go to Manchester and things like that. Is, is yeah. that exciting? Is that exciting for you? Yeah, I mean, I watched those play Kaká Lampard Visa when I was younger. So, and just watching and just playing with them would be a dream for me. So, yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, if you had a chance, you this this group you're with right now to go back to the U20s uh, had a very successful trip in the fall. You were still uh, back in Connecticut, uh, you know, finishing up there. Um, do you feel like you're coming in as an outsider in this, or do you have a good uh, good relationship with these guys already? I mean, I have a a better relationship than I did before with them now. Um, before there was a lot of confusion, and I think now it's have a better relationship, and and I trust them, so it's. And hopefully, um, hopefully when I play and I, hopefully I'll score some goals for Canada, and help bring the team far. You come, of course, from from Sigma. That that was a big part of your past. There, just talk about what they they did for your development and and uh, how you how they helped you uh, become the player you are. Yeah, I mean I've been with Sigma since I was twelve, I think eleven actually, and it is it was a good environment there. I was training hard every day, hard to set. And I translated into the game and just all my skills and my awareness of the game and everything they taught me going to Europe and just training down there and those environments, I think it really taught me a lot. And they really looked after us on and off the field. So it's a really good place to be if you're a young player and develop. And yeah, well, no, I, I have some good dealings with them, and uh, I, I know that Bobby and the guys—they do a great job with the senior guys there. But you're saying right from the right from the get-go, it's a, a great environment even for the little guys. Yeah, it's really good for um, young kids just being there and and just hopefully they can after they're they're done after that thing when they get older they can go to college or hopefully go to Europe from there because they Bobby and them really have good good uh, connections with other teams and I think it's good for young players to develop Canadian young players. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll one more quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up and let you get back with the guys. Uh, talk about the, the couple years at Connecticut, um, what yeah. that did for your development. I know it's disappointing on a team level, especially two years ago, to, to not get the national title. But uh, how important was it yeah. to, to have those two years of the NCAA in your under your belt? 
um, I think the first year when we went in, uh, I didn't know what to expect. That when at my first game it was really physical, and I, I think it took me uh, quite a while to adjust to the physicality. But once I adjusted to it, that's when I started scoring and feeling my rhythm. And and I think just being there and learning the discipline and the work it takes is to handle my time management, just handle school, uh, playing, and all that. I think Coach really taught me how to how to handle all that. So I think it was a good time being there and for two seasons and just just uh, developing there and just paved my way to play the next level. Just yeah, you, you guys gonna go to New Zealand? Uh, hopefully, I think I think we are. I think we have a team to do it. Just uh, just working together and playing as a team, and I think we'll do well. All right, great, Kyle. Thanks, thanks for taking some time. Okay, no problem. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Two Solitude Soccer Podcast with Kevin Larame and Dwayne Rollins. You can reach the guys on Twitter at 24th Minute and at Kevin Larame, or both of them at Two Solitudes Pod. Reach the guys on email, twosolitudespodcast at gmail.com, but especially subscribe on Stitcher Radio. Now back to the show. Yes, yeah, so hi, Rob. Thanks for uh, taking the time today. Um, I was just curious, uh, why did uh, Chris Serby make this team uh, specifically? Um, do you know what? It, it was an interesting one because we had monitored Chris last year, obviously, with uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps. And uh, if there was one area we were needing improvement, it was we felt in the fullback position. Uh, so we extended the opportunity for Chris in at the deep end, really. Uh, with the European tour, and he went on in the England game late on, but then played against Russia in the USA, and it was an older Russia side. So he'd done very, very well for us. Uh, and compared to the other players um, that we've seen, he's had he's had some experience in Europe. He's had the experience. Uh, he's expected to go back into the USL Pro setup, I believe, with Vancouver Whitecaps next year. So he's a talented lad. Uh, he's a good one versus one defender, and he proved himself that he could handle the international matches. So that was the deciding factor for us. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Steven Sandor. Uh, Rob, uh, speaking to Hanson uh, Boakai, I mean, here's a player, I mean, who has a bit of first team experience and, you know, was one of the stars of, of the Canadian Championship <laughs> last year. And, and how important do you think that experience that he has at that level is going to be for your team? Uh, on a, in all honesty, uh, he hasn't been getting the first team games on a recent. And if you look at any national team, you need to be based on form and fitness at the time. Hanson has also picked up an injury uh, in December, so we're just rehabbing him now and trying to get him back to that kind of level of performance. So I think past experiences are great, and obviously we know he's a talented boy, uh, but any time you work with youth footballers, there's going to be peaks and valleys, and at the moment we, we need to try and get Hanson back to a level of consistency and professionalism in his game. as He, he hasn't been getting the minutes like a lot of them, uh, so it, it, it's unfair to try and expect that level of performance when he was flying in the first team and fully fit and middle of the summer compared to where he is right now. Obviously, it's great that they can do it on the stage, but we have to be based in the here and now. All right, thanks. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, Farhan Devji? 
Thanks, Adam. Yeah, obviously, there are a lot of leaders on this team, a lot of experienced guys, but have you named a captain for the tournament yet? Yes, Luca Gasparotta. Perfect. Can you speak to kind of his qualities and why he's the right choice? Uh, he's a terrific footballer, great character. He's got a quiet, unassuming way about himself, uh, but he does everything right to prepare himself. Uh, he's a big game player. Obviously, he's playing first team minutes in Europe, so his form and fitness. But he's been with us uh, through the qualifying campaign as well with the under 17s here in Jamaica, and he's just he's an excellent example to the boys on and off the field, and a, a, a great teammate and leader. Thanks, Rob. All right, thank you. Now, I know there were a few. Again, I'll, I'll come back. Mitch Peacock, were you ever able to make it in? I know you wanted a question or two for Rob. Yeah, thanks very much, Gavin. Uh, late arrival. Sorry about that. Uh, Rob, apologies. Uh, thanks for the time today. What happened there, Mitch? Did you get stuck at Port of Maine in the deep freeze or what happened? It's the warm weather. I got distracted. <laughs> oh, my. Nice. nice. Rob, appreciate the time. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, I guess on behalf of uh, Manitoba soccer supporters, uh, what kind of contributions you're anticipating from uh, Keons and Marco? Uh, hopefully big ones. Uh, they look in good moments and good form right now. Um, they've got good qualities, you know, that put them close to the uh, the first team and they've signed professional contracts now. Again, like with any of the others, we have to, we have to put it in context. They haven't had a lot of senior minutes. Uh, and they're obviously trying to break through to that level. Uh, but I think both uh, with the attacking qualities they have uh, could both have big tournaments for us. And just uh, as a follow-up, uh, how disappointed were you? I know you've spoken to this somewhat, uh, not to be able to have uh, Dylan in the mix. Uh, yeah, you know, disappointing. Um, uh, it's better for the interviews, because if you've ever heard an interview, he's a, he's a terrible interview. But um, the... Uh, you know, Dylan, Dylan was probably the one player who knows me better than anybody else, and I've had him since he was 10 years old, and he, he had a good pulse and a way about him with the group. But uh, like you say, if you look at the attacking talent we've got with Marco and Chians and Nano Aparicio, and we just spoke a little bit about Hanson Barakai, we, we've got many players in, in those attacking positions. So for the balance of the squad and everything else, uh, you know, we're probably capable of filling his absence. I'm disappointed for the laddie, you know, he wanted to be a part of it, uh, as all the boys did, and Fraser Ed as well, so they're disappointed. I just hope the clubs uh, that didn't release them are going to give them those first team minutes uh, that they've kept them back for. It's not a missed opportunity. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, before we cycle back around to the top, uh, did I miss anybody? Did anybody come in late? Uh, yeah. Hi, Gavin. Uh, Michael McCall here. Hi, Michael. Hi there. Um, I was just wanting to ask Rob, uh, hopefully you haven't already covered this, but um, with the, you were talking about the lack of competitive minutes for, for players at the moment. Looking ahead, how important do you feel the new USL Pro teams are going to be for this program going down the line? That's a terrific question. I think it's absolutely vital for the U20 program especially. The, the academies are very, very good, and we're starting to develop players, and we have a terrific relationship with our 15s and our 17s through uh, working with those clubs and bringing them into international competition, which is vital for their development. But for those boys that are, are not quite cracking the first team, uh, and you can literally rattle off uh, 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 most of our squad, 
that uh, have kind of been in or around it, but aren't getting high-level first-team minutes. Uh, that level of competition and regular matches uh, throughout a continued period through the year, especially winter cycles when we're coming into these environments, uh, we need them playing regularly. That's great. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Michael. Uh, we'll go back to the top now, Neil Davidson, if you want to add anything else. Yes, I have two questions, if if I may. First of all, Rob, um, um, Canada has not been has not qualified for the World Championships in this level for some time, as you know. Obviously, your team is getting better. So are the other teams in CONCACAF. Can you kind of give us a sense of the magnitude of the challenge facing your team at this tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head if you look at the level of other teams as well. As much as we're striving uh, to improve and, and create a better infrastructure for our players and more professional environments and international experience, you only have to look uh, you know, what's going on in these other environments. A lot of these programs are full-time. The Haitian team uh, spends a lot of time in residency in camps and the number of international games uh, that these teams get you know, we're still looking to play catch-up and build our programs, which, you know, we are on the right lines to and continue to strive to do. But also the magnitude of the task is the new format. Um, you know, like we say, the, the season that we're in with these players uh, is not great for us compared to others when they're playing year-round and having that competition and they've got the domestic leagues. Uh, so the heat factor, the fitness factor, the number of games, the quality of the uh, you know the stadium and the fields and and everything that goes with playing here uh, make it a a big challenge. But you know it's it's one we're not going to hide behind and we're looking forward to testing ourselves. And ultimately, it's important for these players to be experienced. It's a staging post for them to see where they're at, and we hope they continue to move on and go forward and play many many more times in these environments. That's that's what the program is geared for. And secondly, if I may, there's obviously a lot of attention on Kyle Lahren, not just because he's representing his country for the next two weeks, but because he's projected to go very high in next week's MLS draft. Could you uh, give us your assessment uh, of uh, Kyle as a player right now and, and uh, how far do you think he can go? You know what, Kyle, he's a terrific lad, first and foremost. He's a very level-headed kid. Um, we've had, you know, some great conversations with him around, you know, the hype and, and maybe some of the expectancy and the pressure. The great part for him here is, like we've said to all the lads, he's one of 20. And uh, I think we're, we're very realistic as a staff in, in that the lad is a talented boy, but he, he has yet to go through the test of professional football. He, he's come from his academy environment. He's gone into a college environment. Um, there's no doubt he's a talented footballer. He's got great feet. He can finish. Uh, so the tools are there. But uh, we we talked to Carl. He's going to get continue to be tested, and this is a great little stage in post room to see him on the international environment in meaningful games. Because obviously, with the senior call up, he's had, he's had friendly. Benito has recognised his talent as of we. Uh, but these next couple of years are going to be a great test for the lad, uh, and we're not putting any extra additional pressure on him here. He's one of 20. He will contribute. We're, we're, we're looking forward to his contribution. And, and we, spec, we expect it like the other 20 that uh, we're going to need all of them. And he'll, he'll be a part of that going forward. Thanks and good luck. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Uh, Dan Squizato. 
Yeah, thanks, Gavin. Uh, Rob, you've already spoken uh, a bit about not just the expectations and some of the optimism around this team, but also some of the challenges and obstacles that they'll face uh, in in this competition. Uh, so I'd like to know, what is your goal for this team in this tournament? Uh, we want to qualify for the World Cup. How how we do it and how we get there yeah, will be irrelevant, honestly, with the, with the talent level and the confidence in the group. That, that's our goal. Uh, now we have internal goals, game to game. We set ourselves individual, collective and unit challenges that we'll, we'll keep in the room. And I've set this group an objective since I started with them at 16. And when we brought them together in my first campus full-time in April, I set them a specific challenge uh, that I feel they could achieve. Uh, of which going to the World Cup and being part of the tournament is, is a part of that. So we'll, we'll keep those internal um, and, and see if we can meet those objectives ourselves. But obviously, like 12 teams here, uh, success will be measured if you get to go to the big show in New Zealand. All right, great. Thanks, Rob, and uh, good luck in the tournament. Cheers, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Dan, uh, sorry. <laughs> next time, now it's Dwayne. Yeah, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. I was looking on the list. <laughs> Sounds like we're all good, Dwayne. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear the call. Uh, just wondering whether you've had a had a chance to to take a look at the much tape of the opposition. Uh, what you expect from the from your first match coming up? Yes, I mean, uh, as you can imagine, at this level, uh, we're, we're very detail oriented. I've got terrific staff around me that we have been preparing since May. Uh, which included sending uh, scouts out to watch the other qualifiers, uh, Central America and Caribbean, watching a ton of video footage so that we can, as best as possible, obviously squads are only just getting finalised and at this level, uh, like with ourselves, there's late changes, but we feel we have a good read on them. We've been working diligently, obviously, not just for the first game, but multiple games because of the short turnaround and the sheer number of games. So uh, we feel very confident in, in not only knowing the opposition, but trying to detail how best we're going to go about uh, winning games here. Thank you. Thanks, Dwayne. Uh, Gordon Anderson, did you have any other questions? Yeah, I just had a couple more for Rob in regards to going back to Chris. Um, Rob, what, what does uh, Chris do well that you like? Uh, as a fullback, first and foremost, it needs to be a good 1v1 defender. And uh, I think he's got that. He, he, he's a good game player and uh, he, he raises himself to the occasion. I think when you get thrown on against England and you've got the likes of Jordan Eve and uh, Swifty and then the regular Premier League players or championship players, you know, it's a, it's a great test. And he, he jumped in fearlessly. Obviously, his 1v1 qualities are good, but. Uh, he, he can also use the ball well, and he seems like a very level-headed. Um, nothing seems to phase him on or off of the field, which I like. He's composed on the ball, so you know he's good qualities. Like many of these lads, they're they're good, solid football players. Again, I guess my last question would be: um, What sort of role do you expect him to play on this team in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think, you know, with all of them, we're going to have to monitor the minutes and the load against the opposition. We brought uh, with Jackson now uh, an extra defender with, with seven defenders, two natural fullbacks in Sam and Chris, but both Brandon, 
Alex uh, and Jackson uh, can also drop into the fullback role, as Jordan Haynes can. So it'll be a case of monitoring, you know, the loads as we've got a very good uh, sports science team with us with our doctor and two physios here that uh, will carefully monitor the players and their exertion levels and hydration and everything else that we test here. Uh, but he, he's going to have to be a big player, as will all the defensive group. Okay, uh, thanks very much for your time, Rob, and uh, good luck in Jamaica. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Gordon. Uh, Stephen Sandor, anything else? I'm okay, Gavin. All right, thank you. Uh, Farhan, anything else? Yeah, I just got a quick one here. Uh, you obviously have uh, two talented goalkeepers in Marco Carlucci and uh, Nolan Worth. Uh, do you expect both will get games, or do you have kind of a number one in mind? I expect both will get games. Okay, and just uh, one quick follow-up, uh, unrelated, but how important do you think uh, Sam Adekubi will be uh, to this team? Uh, Sam, you know, like Chris, he's a natural fullback. Great lad, Sam. I've worked very, very hard off the field with him to uh, get through his Canadian citizenship, and we got some help from the immigration for there, which uh, not many people all, all know, but it, it was a good story to get him, uh, you know, uh, all, all through and, and ready to play for us with his passport coming in late. So Sam's a, he's a terrific footballer, and he, he, again, he's one that back in November was flying and getting first-team minutes, so... Um, he, he's ticked over. He went over to England and done well in a, in a kind of training camp with Liverpool, and they extended that stay. So, Sam uh, has a potential to be a very big player for the team. All right, thanks a lot, Rob, and good luck. My pleasure. Cheers. Thanks, Brian. Uh Mitch, still on with us, Mitch? One question about the Manitoba and he just me. I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> you guys, did I get back then? Mike McCall. Uh, yeah, just one one quick thing, Rob. With so many Vancouver Whitecaps guys there through their residency program and stuff, does that give you a little bit of an added benefit that they're so familiar with each other's game? Uh, yeah, I mean, we touched on that a little bit. In that, the, one of the benefits, obviously, when they are playing together and come through and you look at Kians and Marco been doing it together for years before that in Winnipeg as well, uh, it does help on the field for sure because there's a better understanding of their of their players and um, you know building those playing relationships with the short amount of time we spend. If there's continuity from the club programs, that is a, an advantage for sure. That's great. Thanks. Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Uh, unless anyone with with any last second questions, otherwise we'll we'll call it a day. Gavin, can I just ask uh, Rob one? Uh, about the conditions, he mentioned uh, the fields and, and, and things. Obviously, playing in CONCACAF, hostile territory and difficult conditions is par for the course. I understand it was raining there today. It's going to be quite hot. What is it like playing in Jamaica? Is it on the easier end of the CONCACAF schedule, uh, CONCACAF geography, or how would you describe the conditions? No, I think it, it, it's difficult. It's, it's very difficult. I mean, the local organising committee and, and CONCACAF have tried very hard to, to get the, the training fields and the facilities uh, to a level of hosting this competition. The sheer demand with the schedule uh, at the stadium is going to be very, very difficult. You know, the, the different types of grasses down here, they're very, they're very chewy. It can be tough. It's going to be very difficult to keep the, the fields 
uh, you know, to levels that we we would experience in in the professional side of the game or, or overseas. Those, those are some of the challenges, you know, specific to Jamaica here. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see how that holds up. And again, you know, it's, it's the reality. It's there for both teams. Others will be, you know, more suited in their playing styles to that. But uh, we won't be we won't be hiding behind that or using that as an excuse, Neil. Thank you. All right, thanks, Neil. Uh, so we'll wrap it up. If any other further questions, uh, you all know how to contact me. But thank you, everyone, for joining, and uh, we'll talk to you.